Hello, everybody. I am Ray Renati, and this is Green Room Radio. Welcome. That was the amazing Carly Ozard. She's in New York City. If you're in New York City and you have nothing to do, or even if you have something to do, forget about it. Go see Carly Ozard. She's always going to be playing somewhere. She's amazing. Check her out. Go to her website, carlyozard.com. And listen to her music and find out where you can see her do her thing. All right, let's do this thing. How many of you out there saw the Tony Awards? What was it, Sunday night? Yeah, the Tony Awards. I never miss them. My favorite award show. So much better than the Oscars. Wouldn't you agree? So much classier. The performances are superb. The people can read the teleprompters better than they can during the Oscars. For some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because they're stage actors and they're used to reading lines a lot. Usually it's classier. Usually. And... For the most part, it was a very classy show and very down-to-earth and ah, so lovely until Robert De Niro appeared. You know, I am um, not a Trump supporter. I think he is creating so much dissension and hatred and vitriol in this country and all over the world, really. But what Robert De Niro did during the Tony Awards, to me, was unconscionable. Uh, If you don't know, he came out to introduce Bruce Springsteen, who had his own Broadway show this year, and and Robert De Niro came out, and um, the first thing he says when he got to the podium is, I'm going to say just one thing, fuck Trump. It's no longer down with Trump. It's fuck Trump. And they bleeped it on CBS, but I went right to YouTube and I found I found it within about a minute after he did it. Uh, And down in Australia, whatever network was carrying it there did not bleep it. And I heard the whole thing right away. Um. Now, uh, I was reading USA Today, and they said that it made the audience uncomfortable. Uh, There was an uncomfortable laughter. I don't think that's what I saw. I thought I saw a standing ovation. But I could be wrong. Boy, it made me uncomfortable. You know what was the worst thing? It was right after... The high school students from Parkland, 
Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, the one that was shot up, you know, it was right after they sang the song uh, Seasons of Love from Rent, the entire drama department. Then Robert De Niro comes out and does that. Bad, bad, bad. You know what really bothers me about this? As Robert De Niro hasn't been on stage probably since his early 20s. What's he doing at the Tony Awards anyway? This is, this is an award show for stage actors and stage people and directors and producers. Broadway, regional theater, not movie stars. So the Tony Awards people had to know that he was going to go out there and do something awful. Or else why would they have invited him? I don't know. I thought it kind of spoiled everything. That's my opinion. But the Tonys were were a lot of fun, if you forget about that. Um, Boy, uh, the Harry Potter play really cleaned up. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child cleaned up. Um... And the band's visit cleaned up. I really want to see that. Wow. I saw one song. They did, they did one song. They did one number from that show, and it was beautiful. When I go to New York, which I'm going to do in the fall, I am definitely seeing the band's visit, and I highly recommend it. The hosts for the show were Sarah Bareilles and Joss Groban. They were hilarious. Best hosts I've I, I've seen it in a long time. They they performed. They did comedy. They came out in funny costumes. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Um, uh, one of the most surreal moments for me was a friend of mine that I've been on stage with in two different shows, James Monroe Iglehart, who's also won two Tony Awards, came out and... Uh, he was one of the hosts. He came and introduced one of the awards, and he was uh, his his co-introducer was, I think a a horse from Frozen, you know, one of those puppet horses. Um, it's weird to see your friends up there doing that. Like, wow, they made it big time. It's a mixture of uh. A feeling of things being surreal and a mixture of joy and happiness for them. And then also a little bit of envy. Yeah. Envy. You know, it was funny, though. I saw on Twitter today where um, where James and his wife accidentally locked their house keys in his dressing room for the show. And by the time they were ready to go, I think the janitor or something had locked all the dressing rooms. So... They couldn't go home, and <laughs> they had to go to a, a hotel down the street from their apartment in New Jersey, and they had nothing but their formal wear. <laughs> you know, I just thought that was really funny. Um, yeah, De Niro. Uh, Bruce Springsteen came out and did sort of a monologue and played some chords on the piano. It was interesting. 
I thought he did a good job. It's obvious Bruce Springsteen is not a seasoned Broadway actor, and some people trashed him for that, which I don't think is fair. Bruce Springsteen is a rock and roll artist and a great poet, and that's what he is. And so you can't expect him to come out and have amazing acting chops. I thought he did just fine. I don't know why people were trashing him after that, but they were. Um, and the Parkland students from Mary, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida. Wow. They invited the entire drama department to come and sing Seasons of Love from Rent, and that was one of the most moving things I have seen on television in a long time. So overall, it was a wonderful Tony Awards ceremony, and uh, I hope you got to enjoy it. I hope you got to enjoy it. Now, when we come back, I'm going to talk about uh, something I did here in the Bay Area recently called SHOTS, S-H-O-T-Z. I've worked with them for a number of years. Okay, be right back. That was some more of the incredible Carly Ozard singing Smack Water Jack. This is Ray Renati, your DJ, disc jockey for the day. <laughs> yeah. So last week I directed a, a play, a five-minute play with a company called Shots, S-H-O-T-Z. They're actually part of a larger company called Amios West. A.M. Amios West. I need to get that right because uh, the guy who started it, my friend Christian Haynes, keeps correcting me. It's Amios West. A.M.I.O.S. I have to close the door. I, I keep forgetting to do all the things you're supposed to do as a professional broadcaster. There, the door's closed. You got to hear that in real time. So Amios West... Go to their website, Amios West. Just Google it. Amios West. A-M-I-O-S West. They started the company in New York City, downtown, off, 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 off Broadway. Christian did with his wife, Melissa, years ago. And now they've, uh, they've brought it to San Francisco. They did it that, that about five or six years ago. And I believe it's also in L.A. and somewhere else. Another city, I'm not sure of which one. It's a lot of fun. We did it at the Phoenix Theater, which is in the um, building of the uh, Native Sons of the Golden West in San Francisco on the sixth floor. Now, next month, we are going to be doing it in Berkeley. We're going to be having five, six, seven 
short plays in Berkeley. I will put all of the information in the show notes. I hope you come. It is so much fun. It is so funny. So what happens is, is there is a theme each night for the, uh, the, the, the writers. Now, the writers write the plays a few weeks ahead of time, and the directors and the actors have only six hours to rehearse. This last one was about LGBT pride, and it had to have the word MAGA in it. Make America Great Again, but it had to stand for something else, and that was quite hilarious. <laughs> and next, what, next month will be a new theme. I am uh, directing one of the plays, and I'm writing one of the plays, which is very exciting. I haven't written a play for shots in a couple of years, so I'm excited to do that. What they want you to do is write the play for the actors that you know you have uh, in your play. So I need to uh, get to know the people who are going to be in my little company. So there's the director, the two actors, and me. I don't know either of them. So I'm going to have to do some research. Call them on the phone, stalk them on the Facebook, stalk them on the LinkedIn and the various internets, and find out what makes them tick. And I'll write my play, and I'll win a Pulitzer Prize or a Nobel Prize like Donald Trump's going to win. <laughs> Excuse me, I need to gag. <clears throat> okay, there. Yeah. Okay, so that's shots. Don't miss it. Don't miss it, folks. I'm telling you. I'm going to put it in the notes here. You're going to show up. It's going to be in Berkeley in July. July. I will have all the dates all the information, all the links. That's right. Shots. Oh, what else? Gosh, we have a reality TV show going on with uh, Donald Trump and our allies who we abandoned to impress little Kim over there. Little Kim in Northern Korea. The guy who had his brother-in-law chopped up into pieces and fed to dogs. That's right. The guy who forces abortion upon women and puts many of his citizens to death for small, little, tiny, insignificant crimes. Little Kim. Boy, I'll tell you, we have entered bizarro land. I think that my meeting with little Kim was extremely productive. It's extraordinary. And believe me, a lot of people don't know this, but little Kim doesn't even wear platform shoes. It's the truth. It's the truth, people. Oh, and Dennis Rodman crying on CNN. Whatever. This is entertainment, right? This is like The Apprentice, Survivor, America's Got Talent. This is, uh, you know... Donald Trump goes to Washington, part one. Hopefully part two won't happen. If it does, I'm moving. Where am I going to move to? France. I can move to France. I can live there legally. I think I can live legally in Italy and England as well. Out of here. Boy, that is just something else. I don't know what... The world is thinking of us. Well, I have a guess. I think they they have a combination. Uh, most most other countries, the people in other countries, 
are feeling both sorry for us and angry at us at the same time, I would guess. The thing that gets me is his supporters that refuse to see reality. It's like they've dug their heels in and they're going to stick with their choice and anything he does is great and right and smart and high IQ. I am the highest IQ, most stable president that has ever lived. That's right. The reason I'm talking about this on my station here, Wave Radio, which is supposed to be about, entertain- about entertainment. This is entertainment. This is entertainment, people. We are being entertained daily by Donald J. Trump, the reality TV star. Don't you forget it. Mm. Well, I just want to say one little thing about uh, something that's really been bothering me. This this suicide of Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. You know, it's impossible to understand this unless you're close to the situation. And we don't have all the details, and we probably will never have them. But it's so sad when this happens. And it's so easy to blame him and be angry at him and say, how could you do this to your family and leave your 13-year-old daughter and cause her ir- irreparable psychological damage? And, you know, and I can understand why people would say that, but we don't know his state of mind. He was great on television. You know, he, he made people feel at home. He made people feel... He was like the everyman out doing things that we all wish we could do. And now he's gone. Yeah. Hopefully we can just remember him for what he was and the great things that he did. And you know, I know he had a drug problem when he was younger, and I think he had an alcohol problem still. And the combination of those two things, I know, is a recipe for disaster. And so disaster struck. (sighs) Sad. But anyway, I will be back in a minute after the break. And we will end on a happy note. Here's another song from the amazing Carly Ozard. Yeah. 
you don't believe it But I said it and I still mean it When you heard what I told you When you get worried, I'll be a soldier Funny when times get hard At the last moment when you're supposed to charge Always on the longest yard Oh, they feel their feet getting cold Hiding here, hiding there Find them underneath the stairs People hiding everywhere Trying to be still like a storm I'll get it if you need it I'll search if you can't see it You're thirsty was the spectacular Carly Ozard singing Soldier. I hope you enjoyed that. I was just uh, reading Business uh, Insider, and they have given uh, suggestions for the best place to see on Broadway this summer. And I'm looking at the list here, and I have to say, I agree. If If you've never been to a Broadway show in New York... These would be some very good ones to see. Uh, The first on the list is Angels in America, Part 1 and 2. So that's Angels in America, Millennium Approaches, and Angels in America, Perestroika. Now keep in mind, though, both of these plays are really long. I mean, we're talking like, I think, close to four hours each. Now some people go see them both on the same day which I'm going to do at Berkeley Rep within the next week or two. If you're not an experienced playgoer, I would split that up. Because I don't think you'll be able to handle it. Who, who, unless you watch lots of plays, can sit for eight hours and watch theater? <laughs> um, Come From Away, the musical. 
won a ton of awards last year. I heard it's wonderful. I haven't seen it. I need to see it. A little description. On September 11, 2001, 38 planes containing 7,000 passengers were ordered to land in the tiny town of Gander, Newfoundland. Come from away tells the true story of strangers coming together to make sense of tragedy. It's a story of hope, compassion, generosity, and the strength of the human spirit in a time of confusion, desperation, and loss. Boy, don't we all need that? Hell yes. When I go there uh, in September, I'm definitely going to see that show. The next one, SpongeBob SquarePants. That's right. Patrick. Yes. Yes, SpongeBob. It's an actual musical with real people, though. Not sponges. It's supposed to be fantastic. I'll prob- I might go see that. What the hell? Now, here's one that I really want to see after watching the Tony Awards. The band's visit. Oh, my gosh. The music and the singing and the acting just seem spectacular in this show. Just sublime. The band's visit celebrated a phenomenal night at this year's Tony Awards. This is in the uh, Business Insider. Winning 10 out of the 11 awards it was nominated for, including the, the top honor of Best Musical. Tells the story of an Egyptian police band traveling to Israel for a gig. When they mistakenly arrive in the wrong town, they are taken in by cafe owner Dina, portrayed stunningly by Katrina Lenk. Oh my gosh, I saw her sing her song. Oh my God, I melted. Did you see that? Did you see that on the Tony Awards? That was amazing. And the presence begins to awaken the sleepy desert town. Gotta see that. Now, the next one. If you've never seen Phantom of the Opera, see it. That's what they say. And I agree. See this show. You have to see that once. You gotta see Phantom of the Opera. Bum, 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 bum. I mean, it's spectacular. It really is. Go see Phantom of the Opera if you've never seen it. Um, another one I really, really want to see is Waitress. Waitress is just supposed to celebrate women. And God, do we need that, right? So, we got to see Waitress. you got to see Waitress. Waitress follows the story of a diner employee named Jenna Stuck in an abusive relationship and a dead-end job, Jenna fantasizes about entering a pie contest and winning the grand prize. But the limitations of her life, life, her life, her life keep getting in her way. With a baby on the way, she must make the desperate decision to use her talent to propel her to escape and, and success. Great, uplifting story. Frozen! You know, you can't go wrong with a Disney musical. You think, oh, I can't afford it. The tickets are too much. It's just going to be one of those Disney things. But you know what? They know how to put on a show, people. I'm pretty sure it's Disney. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it is. Um, Great, great choice. Especially if you have children, go see Frozen. Now, if you want to double over in laughter, which is always a good thing, Go watch, go get tickets for the play that goes wrong. The play that goes wrong. Yeah. The play that goes wrong. It's made you 
cock your head and giggle because it's printed upside down. Yeah, that's right. There are signs in New York City advertising this play, and they're upside down. <laughs> Funny. This clever and completely intentional ad campaign has made the play that goes wrong a household name. And the longest-running straight play, that means non-musical, for those of you who don't know. It doesn't mean ungay. Currently on Broadway. This hilarious slapstick ode to the mishaps, misfortunes, and perils of live theater has been described as Monty Python-esque. Unfortunately, the gut buster can't run forever. Oh no, it's slated to close in August. Crap. I don't think I'm going to be able to see it. Oh well. If you want a more intimate theater experience, check out Straight White Men. I mean, that's the name of the play. Don't go outside and start checking out Straight White Men. That's not what I'm telling you to do. The average Broadway theater contains about 1,200 seats, putting audiences at extreme ends of the space very far away from the action. Very true. I love the small Broadway theaters. But in some cases, in danger of vertigo. But the smallest Broadway house, the Hayes Theater, contains half the seats, making its capacity of 597 feel downright intimate in comparison. I've gone to shows in the Hayes Theater. It's great. So go see that. Straight white men at the Hayes Theater. Ah, gotta see this. The boys in the band. The boys in the band. Here's another one to help you celebrate Pride Month and snag another apropos rainbow playbill for the collection you have, <laughs> if you have one. Matt Bomer, Zachary Kinto, and Jim Parsons appear alongside Broadway mainstays Andrew Reynolds and Robin De Jesus to round out this incredibly star-studded cast of the boys in the band. This play, which revolves around one night in a group of gay friends' lives, first debuted off-Broadway in 1968. 1968. I was seven. Wow. At a time when it was revolutionary and daring to unapologetically put the lives of gay men on stage. Fifty years later, it's making its Broadway debut with a cast of entirely openly gay actors. Yoo-hoo! Right on. Oh, my fair lady. Wow. My fair lady. Hmm. I'm sure we've all seen that movie. What can I say? Eliza Doolittle. Did you ever see the play Pygmalion? I was actually in play Pygmalion. I can't talk today. Damn it. Plig Playoplin. Pygmalion. I played Henry Higgins. That was one of my favorite roles ever. All right. That's what Business Insider suggests. Those are the plays it suggests for you to go see on Broadway this summer. Do it, people. Thank you so much for listening. Wait, let me pull this um, almond skin out of my mouth. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a lot of fun, as usual. And uh, if you listen on iTunes, please go give me a rating there. I need some ratings. And... uh, a review and and please tell your friends about this podcast. If 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 you enjoyed it, tell them. If you didn't, don't tell them. <laughs> oh God, I love doing this. Anyway, I wish you all the best. 
Godspeed, shalom, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And until next time, I will see you on the boards. Good night, everybody. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us, only sky. Imagine all. Imagine no